Welcome to Eventually Super Train. I'm your main host, Dan. We're a short-lived TV show podcast. We cover three shows at a time. Shows have never got enough love. Eventually, we will cover Super Train. At this time, in episode 125, we are covering, I think we're going to start with, I think we're going to start with Battlestar Galactica, the great uh, Mr. Christopher Blind, myself, discussing what the Living Legend, part one. Then the great Kristen Hawes, Kiki Wrights, and myself will be discussing Black Pearl, the third episode of Tales of the Gold Monkey, and then Legacy of Terror with Tim S. Turner from Kolchak. I think it's going to be a good time. I think you're going to enjoy it. We go 70s, we go 80s, we go 70s, we go sci-fi, we go adventure, we go horror. It's all good times. So um, let me play a little bit of music, and we will be on the other side discussing why we picked a bad week to quit sniffing glue. Star Galactica episode 10, The Living Legend, directed by Vince Edwards, a teleplay Glennie Larson's story by Glennie Larson and Ken Pettis. This is the first episode, first part, November 26, 1978, and let's see, the, um, let's see, Baltar is after the Galactica and the fleet, trying to uh, attack him big time. And the Galactica discovers the uh, Battlestar Pegasus, which uh, they thought had been destroyed. It's being led by um, Commander Kane. Lloyd Bridges, who is a um, brilliant statistician and attacking guy, but uh, very arrogant and thinks he knows how to do everything and keeps clashing with Adama, and they're just trying to get the people through, but all of Kane's people want to fight, 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 and uh, it's just, uh, it's a two-parter. So so join me and Chris on the other side of this blast of music, and, um, well, we talk about it a lot. Listen to this. The Living Legend. Wait a minute, give me a second. Sure, sure. No, I was gonna. No, no, no. I won't. I won't do that. I was gonna make. Um, I was gonna say something. The living legend looks like he picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> well, we actually have a. There's a. There's a reference to that in this episode. You know, mm. hint, hint. You know, it's <laughs> foresight. So this is the the living legend, everyone. This is the uh, next episode of Battlestar Galactica. This is episode episode ten. Uh, we're getting near the sort of the halfway um, uh, mark uh, of the show, and I have with me here Mr. Christopher Bly. How are you, sir? The king lives. The king, yay! Um, uh, he's a legend. Yes, he is. He is Kane, Commander Kane. Mm. And uh, what, what did you think of this this uh, living legend part one? Well, I could say for a part one, you know, it really kept the pace going on here. Um, mm. Lots happened. Lots, lots uh, get introduced to us in this one, so we have a lot of introductions on that. Um, some characters that were smaller or a little bigger here, we get to see uh, a, a few more colonial uh, warriors here um, and some other areas. Uh, luckily, like I said, almost everybody is uh, represented here um, in terms of the when you look at the beginning of credits. Usually there's one or two that they might skip. 
Uh, guess what? Those people that are all featured here, they're all on this episode, as opposed mm-hmm. to other episodes that you've seen in the past, where the tie gets a, you know, just a cameo or some little blip. Everybody is here. Mm-hmm. They're all accounted for. And uh, I, uh, I, I think, like you said, this is a nicely paced episode. There's plenty of stuff going on, right. even if it is just like so, some of it is just like um, uh, Kane and Adama kind of like being angry with each other and then it cuts to like Starbuck and Apollo being angry with Sheba and that other guy and then it cuts to Baltar and Lucifer being angry with each other and talking about what's going on there there's quite a bit of it's almost like a cycle kind of we go from here now it's it's kind of like, it is kind of like bit of like part one of anger management uh, all in the yes. galaxy here yes and it, and it 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 builds to a um i mean it, uh, i i i did find it interesting that there, there are a couple points, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm jumping all around here, but um, like right at the end, the cliffhanger, the moment they choose for the cliffhanger, is an interesting one because normally you don't have. I mean, I was, I was thinking of say like, like, um, uh, like Doctor Who back in the day when Doctor Who was all serialized. You rarely had cliffhangers where the villain was in danger. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, you did there was one or two with the master. In danger. I think in Mind of Evil there was one, um, but you rarely have ones l- like that. And this is this is a weird one the way they structure the ending because there's this big attack and Galactica is being attacked and it's on fire and it's everything's horrible. And then you get kind of a Cylon almost doing a double take kind of thing, which and it's it's a pretty funny see the way the Cylon looks sees the Pegasus is flying mm. towards them and Baltar's like okay go in and destroy them now and it's like uh, sir. Do you, what do you want to do about the other battle star? What other battle? Huh? To be continued. <laughs> well, that's an interesting place to to um to I I, I kind of <laughs> I, I'm 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 wondering if um what it almost reminded me of is Batman season three, the '60s Batman, uh, where where they had there weren't as many. It was mostly single episodes, but sometimes they linked to the next one, and that was because since it wasn't on twice a week anymore the producer or someone said we don't want the regular cliffhangers because we don't want people to have to wait that long or something or other there was some reasoning for it yeah there, there was so, some basically some conflicts with the bat channel somehow yes you know, and and, and so there's there there's this weird there's this weird thing with a lot of the season three batman cliffhangers where they're sort of cliffhangers but not real. like there's one where batman and robin like come out of a bank or something and the Catwoman and the Joker like hide behind a car ready to jump on him. And that's the cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. And I thought, well, that's not really a cliffhanger. That's just, let's hide over here. Here they come next week. What'll happen? And and that's almost Teasing what this feels expectation. like. expectation, yes. Yes, because I know like by this, I, I don't know if actually by this point, but at this point we're in late November, early December '78, and I think like the biggest demographic for the show now was probably kids. Mm. I would say I would I, I I I didn't actually look this up, but I know that's kind of what happens with it. So I'm wondering if that cliffhanger was something where it was like, let's not end the cliffhanger with like Galactica on fire. And we can't land our planes because they've destroyed the docking bays and everybody's going to die. Let's end with this little bit of hooray and see what happens next week. Let's hope that they hang on in that case. Yeah, that's, yes, that's one yeah. of those things. And, and, you know, like a true cliffhanger, you, know, you got to hang on. So, mm-hmm. But um, it was interesting because, you know, at one point, you know, they depart and uh, Starbucks says, be seeing you. 
and it got to the thought of what, what I was going to was was how is Patrick McGowan not in the Galactica verse is a good question, yeah. and he's somebody that probably would have been like a it would have been like a great captain that would have came on there. Yes, yes. A strategic with this guy on Dama, you know, like like he would have had that <laughs> great delivery that he usually has to a lot of things. There. Yes, and yeah, uh, we're introduced to uh, Boje and Sheba. In this one, uh, Sheba, the lovely Ann Lockhart. Yeah. Another oh. one that we, we mentioned uh, on um, a previous episode that we could always count on Judy Landers. Guess what? You could also count on Ann Lockhart yes. at the same time. Yes. And I will mention BJ and the Bear again a little bit later. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they're going to the, uh, the, what was it, the Molokai? I think they have a couple of different. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, they don't have a Molotov cocktail in here, but there's a <laughs> Molokai. And it's like, oh, well, they all have the fuel. We're introduced to Commander Kane, played by the mm. wonderful Lloyd Bridges. Lord, yes. Fresh off of, I think, Disaster on the Coastline, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. or somewhere mm-hmm. around that, you know, and uh, always brings this kind of uh, bit of uh, zippy charm and bright eyed, uh, yes. bushy tailed this uh, to as ever Lloyd Bridges can do. And, yes. um, and yet we do like as as I said before, everyone's here, including Jolly. Jolly ends up reporting. Jolly gets a bit, like, yeah. We always see like you know, oh yeah, we got everybody but this person or everybody but that person. And this was one of those things. And think, here's the problem: is Galactica is running out of gas. And guess what? They're in a yes. holding pattern. Yes, the whole fleet, the whole six, however many. I'd I'd like to <laughs> I like to think I was thinking about like so the Galactics at the front of the fleet, and I was thinking about like the ships in the back. Mm. And I was thinking that there must be some lines of like the ships in the back. I would bet probably like can they see the Galactica from where they? I mean, they're. I, I, I'm just imagining like whenever something comes in, like oh the Cylons are about to attack. Their first thought is, well, they never make it back here. <laughs> well, also and, too, somebody needs opera glasses in order to see them if they're that yes, far back. Yes. But also, and, here's the other thing that's noted of this episode. Um, it's the first episode I can think of that did not have the Patrick McNee narration in the very beginning. Oh, yeah. When you think of it, you know, they, they just have, yeah. you know, some, you know, these warriors of man, you know, it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get that on this episode. I think it's the very first Do one I? that doesn't, doesn't include it, you know, and um, we're introduced to the Pegasus and um, mm-hmm. what was it? The, um, once again, another capital that's owned by the Cylons and the yep, Delphian the, Empire. Yes, it's, I forget what it was called. They say the name like a thousand times in the episode, but now I Gamore, can't remember. Gamore, 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 yeah, Gamore, said, yes, Gamore, and, and, and even, and even uh, what's his name, Baltar pronounces it a different way, or Lucifer, one of the two, <laughs> yeah, no, and it's no. interesting on how Commander Kane has his own kind of, like, vocabulary in this, it's like, mm-hmm. how's the old Madaka, you know, Modaka, <laughs> or, or the War Daggett, or the Bonger, he has these, all these things, like, oh, the son of that empire is about to fail by the Lords of Cobol, you know. It's, I, I like, you know, sort of overall, I, I quite enjoy the episode, but it, it, it does it does that, that tricky thing where, um, you know, it's, it's, Kane is obviously, he's been out on his own with his people, just, just, you know, getting in fights with Cylons and just having a great time and not having to, you know, have 600 ships behind them, mm-hmm. you know. And so they're out having a good time. And th- there is, um, y- you sort of get the feeling with Kane where um, there's always th- th- that moment where Adama's like, well, you know, Kane, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. You remember all those people <laughs> that are with us. We can't. Do- no, we'll do that. And it's it's these 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 weird sort of. And, and, and I, I like it because you get the feeling that Kane is now too far gone 
yeah. to be part of this society. He's very rah rah. He's also, yes. you know, basically, you know, he's basically space patent is, is what yes. he's become there. And and unfortunately, that doesn't fit in with what the Galactica is doing. And so they they get Adama and him getting a bunch of clashes. And there, there's a bit near the end where I was. In one respect, I was a little disappointed, but in another, I thought this is okay. Where they're like, uh, uh, um, where Kane is like, so let's let's take both battle stars down there and attack Gamora, and and Adama's like, we can't do that. We can't leave everyone here. And they get, oh, and they get in a match where they're staring at each other, and and you think something is going to happen. Um, maybe some sort of further confrontation between them, maybe some interesting discussion. But then what ends up happening is they just get attacked by the Cylons. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well, that got us out of that one. Mm. And, and yeah, Kane immediately says, oh, gosh, I- I'm glad we didn't go down there then, because you're right, they would have all been dead. And I'll <laughs> say that this, he also has a great revelation screen. It's like, a mm. uh, long time ago I dealt with this, and we see that it's Cassiopeia. Yes. And then we see have the other revelation of what introduces us to Sheba. I guess I wonder if the, the screen basically, you know, identifies the women that we're going to be dealing with in this wonderful story here, mm-hmm. along with Marin Johnson, who actually, uh, by the way, you know, once again returning after yes. being just on just f- uh, focused on the uh, intro, but not in anywhere of the episode. Like I said, everyone's here. But mm-hmm. um, the funny thing is that we got the, the now we've got the conflict between uh, Starbuck and Kane. Uh, in the in the worry of uh, Cassiopeia in this case, and then when you see Cassiopeia, she's actually hanging with Boxy and uh, Muffet, and then yeah. <laughs> it seems to me that uh, Boxy hears everything that they say. And they, yes. Why? Because Starbuck ha- because he has Starbuck's black book memorized. Why yes. is he chuckling? Guess why? We know why. <laughs> <laughs> That little son of a bitch. Uh, hey, you got to have somebody that's going to know everything. He's going to be the yes, future exactly. colonial officer. So, And then somehow in this world, Ambrosia has become a drink. Yes. It's yes. A, I am buying the first round for everybody. It's like it's, and Because uh, he's always keeping to be more than two uh, yarns away. So it's... Uh-huh. And, and the, um, there's a, it's, I'm I, I realize the problem I'm having is I'm trying I I want to mention something that brings up part two, mm. but I'm trying not to do that. Which is good. So I, yeah. I just yeah yeah so I kind of clog my mind there for a second. But I, I like to I like to I, I do like the clashes between the two, Adama and Kane, and um and there there's 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 something like the living legend thing where like his his people his people on his ship are they're almost like a cult. Mm. Of people following Kane and Kane, very loyal. Yes, yes, very loyal, very almost cult like, and um, I, I, I just like the uh, that that Adama respects Kane. I, I think Kane respects Adama. It's I think to a degree, um, I would say, yeah, to to a degree. I, I think he he thinks he's uh he's a bit of not not a coward, but um. Uh, he, you know, Kane's thing is, you know, let's go out and destroy him right now. Whereas Adama has all these ships to watch, you know, to watch over and all these the human race or or the, this race. He wants know, he, remember, Kane wants it now, and he, he wants yes. wants to take it all. Guess what? He's got a Veruca Salt complex. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and he's he's gonna f- and and there's there's that moment in here where um they. And it's it's weird because he 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 and his people do a couple things which are really not nice at all, and yet the episode doesn't really um, chastise them that much for it. Like the way they destroy 
the um, they go out on the mission and they what is it they destroy tankers or something like that. He yeah. deli- Kane deliberately well, destroys them. A tanker, yeah. Which it's like you know, hey, that would have given us the fuel. Oh, I don't know what happened. You know, do you I know, know what I happened? Think it, I think it was your guys that did it, Adama. And it's like, and you just want Adama to turn around and just slap his face. <laughs> How yeah, dare you, hear, you, you hear the name of the of the place called Gamore or Gamore. I said like, yeah, Gamore, does, yeah. does does the Incredible Hulk come from here or live here? You know, it says Gamore. You know, Ga- Gamora, Ga- Gamora. Um, it's how oh, yeah, you're I, I've actually I, I I have the scene where uh, um, Kane is looking at a screen with ladies on it. Mm. Uh, my this is my ladies screen. <laughs> he's got he's got a nice room. Are they, is that? That room he's in with that screen is that on the Pegasus or is that on, on the Galactica? Pegasus? Yeah, that is on the Pegasus. Because okay. he has that, like that like like floating tube kind of effect that when they yeah. do each process, which I think is pretty damn cool. It's kind of like you know, when you put the hands on the vaults of that uh-huh. like kind of like ball and you kind of like see like the vaults on there. That's kind of like something that reminded me a little bit of that. You know, like kind of like the yeah. the, the the shocky lava lamp or something like that. You know, so, yeah. But, um, and what was it? Uh, you know, of course, Baltar as uh, he has Gamora plan, Gamora plans, and he wants to sail in the history books because mm. he is Baltar after all. And yeah. then, uh, and then it seems like every time they go to battle, the set goes red. It's <laughs> always red alert. You're gonna see it right from their face, right from the lighting. Everything yes. goes red. You know. And then you know they they make a mention that they're gonna go to light speed. There's three base ships that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, it always cues off of the best blast off on television as they go into base ship battle. Yes. And uh, the Cylons sil- in this one have a purple glow when it comes to battle. Like, we don't see, like, three of them in there, but we see that, like, very nice light that shines off them that almost makes mm-hmm. them look, like, bluish or purplish. Yeah. It actually looks pretty pretty neat when you when you look at it. And then uh, they, they said yay at the wrong time here. because They said yay, but then somebody said, like, ah, guess who, you know, <laughs> who could fight a living legend? It's what you say, living legend. That's what you yay for the title. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, yeah, living legend. Woo! They set the title. They put it in the wrong place. Dang it. You're, you're, you're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. The, <laughs> there. I will say that the great, the great thing about this episode and the next one is they it does have a lot of great space fighting scenes oh, in sure. it. If if you were a little tired of watching kids beat up Cylons in the previous episode, this one goes crazy on the. Um, uh, all the space battles, which is which is nice, because I mean, as a kid, that's probably why I would have tuned in. I think in the Spinal Tap universes, that's what they call this goes to eleven. So yes, exactly, exactly, and it's it's written by Glenn A. Larson. So whenever I see yes. his name on it, I, I always think it's it's him kind of uh, stepping forward, you know, and and that's that's why all the characters are used. Um, that's why I, th- I, I I mean I I do like the concept that this. This was another Battlestar that escaped too, but it's just been doing its own thing. Yeah, and and, then, now, and the other thing too about this is uh, it's directed by Ben Casey himself, Mr. Vince Edwards. Oh yes, mm-hmm. uh, which I think he was coming off of Deathstalk, if I'm not mistaken, which was a TV movie that he did. And mm-hmm. Sometimes he does go into the director's chair, and here it was just one of those cases where he got to when he wasn't doing celebrity bowling, and. Um, <laughs> Good old celebrity bowling. And uh, yeah, he did, he does quite the job of keeping things moving. And then we get to that last moment, uh, and uh, it's <laughs> and it's like he's coming right for us. If you also notice, it's basically foresighting Lloyd Bridges' moment <laughs> in an <in> airplane. <laughs> yes. He's coming right for us. <laughs> right for us. Yes. <laughs> I, I, see, the 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 tricky thing with this episode is that I watched part one on a Saturday, and then uh, later that afternoon, my wife watched Airplane. 
And so I kept I kept walking into the living room while she was watching Airplane and laughing, having a good time. And then the next day when I sat down to watch part two, all I kept thinking was, you know, it looks like I picked the wrong week to uh, give up cigarettes or give up smoking. It looks like I picked the wrong week to – was it is the amphetamines? I forget what the other things are uh, he does. Uh, in, in well, he had uh, amphetamines, the sniffing glue was the last one where he's, <laughs> he's got, got like the hair hanging down, yes. upside down. And uh, But I'll tell you, the one thing that was great was also – here's the thing. I guess Baltar, in his battle, eternal battle for man versus machine, mm-hmm. wants to look like a machine. So basically, when he goes into battle into a ship, he's got a helmet very equivalent to, as we would learn, Magneto from the X-Men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he drew that and said, oh, Lucifer, can you get me one of these? <laughs> I, I, oh. He wants to go Cylon, you know. It's, <laughs> just a little maybe bit. Maybe he was just, just Cylon off, you know. So. <laughs> when, when I go out, I, I like to go out a little Cylon, you know. <laughs> I'll bring I'll bring my lower pedestal to sit on, and I just want to I want to feel like more one of the boys, you know. <laughs> he wants to be metallic Baltar, yes. <laughs> Baltar, cyber Baltar. Like yeah. uh, uh, what else do you have on this one? I'm gonna I'm gonna scan my notes. There's a there's a it's 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 funny with Apollo and Starbuck because they um they they alternately really like Kane because he's a legend, mm-hmm. but sort of the more they deal with him, well th- there'll be a point where they say later on that they're starting to think like him. But it's like it's like the the legend in their mind is is this big thing. But when they actually like, see him dealing with the Dom and the way he does stuff, mm-hmm. they like him a little less. It's kind of like you know when you when you stick around with somebody that you like, it's like, oh yeah, it's great to be around that, and then it gets to a point where it's longer than expected. It's like, uh, you know, it's like it's not as extra special. You know, it's 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 basically the chocolate <laughs> mousse creme brulee kind of moment there. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah too much of it, and it's not as special. So, well, so it's, I think that's kind of the vibe that they're kind of feeling both Apollo and Starbuck right there. So you know, they, yeah, they wake up in the morning and just I'm gonna look out the window. If the Pegasus is still there, I am gonna sigh. <laughs> I'm just gonna go berserk. <laughs> oh no, the Pegasus. Um, but over, overall, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a solid uh, first parter. And I am kind of um, after, and I, 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 I'll, I'll stop sort of vaguely mentioning the second part. But I did find this one. I preferred watching it in two parts. And I think if it had been a mm. two-hour one, I might have gotten tired of it they, they, they kind of hit the split part at the right time yes exactly exactly you're at that point and you're like okay we're let's let's all take a week off and then we'll come back and you know see if baltar is still screaming <laughs> and swe- sweating out his helmet and we'll be crossing the bridges of lloyd yes the bridges of lloyd uh so do you have anything else on this one uh not really much just uh we're gonna have to save it all for part two and yes oh okay. Okay, let's let's do that then. Let's do that. Then we can then we can cover the whole uh, schmagaggy. Mm. Uh, so, uh, we're, what are you up to? Where can we find you online? What's going on? Well, going through that the extra schmagaggy, uh, we got the is it McGaggy's birthday? Is it, uh, <laughs> hey, well, I can think of that one. But um, <laughs> no, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I am under Captain Bly. Uh, Facebook.com/slash Captain Bly. Also, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter as Captain Bly seventy six, along with Letterboxd, where we're continuing uh, our multi kind of cast of first view 2022 and also you can go on twitter every once in a while i do some live tweeting for some films on tcm on certain nights and uh be kind of like my own little running commentary that you get to see when you have some of these classic movies that happen to pop on there particularly ones that i haven't covered before so very exciting stuff excellent and thank you again for joining me anytime 
And uh, next up, yeah, Living Legend Part 2, everyone. Uh, but on Adventure Super Train, right now, you got this. <laughs> Monkey Episode 3, Black Pearl, directed by Victor Loby, written by Dennis Capps and George Geiger, and Bob Foster and Paul Savage, and Donald P. Belisario, October 13th, 1982. And in this one, um, there's a lot going on in this one. There's a giant bomb, there's some sort of radioactive stuff happening, uh, there's Jake going undercover, uh, there's sword fighting Nazis, there's... Ooh, there's a lot. Just go watch it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you the full skinny on this one because it'll take me five minutes. Go watch it. Uh, come back and uh, Kristen and I are on the other side of this. Black Pearl, episode three, Tales of the Gold Monkey, second of the um, hour-long episodes. I'll stop saying that with the next one. But but we're on episode three now, and we have, as always, with us the great Kiki Wrights, aka Kristen Hawes. Kristen, how are you today? I am absolutely not creating a huge giant bomb in a volcano on an island. How are you, Dan? I am not doing something like that too. <laughs> we're, we're we're both now. This is I got to tell you. I am a big fan of the work of Dennis Capps, George Geiger, Bob Foster, Paul Savage, and Donald P. Belisario, and I think this is their best episode of television. <laughs> I, I'll just I'll just do this I'll just do this one. Ovid wrote Metamorphoses by himself. I'll just stop there. I won't say anymore because I just won't. But this is yeah. This is so when you see five names, it's got to be good. And when you see the when you see the fact that so you go to the top. Let's go to go to the top of the writing credit, folks. Dennis Caps A N D George Geiger. That means they wrote the original script. And ampersand Bob Foster. Ampersand Paul Savage. Ampersand Don B Belisario. P. Belisario, that means each one of those three guys took a whack at it. Enough so that the Writers Guild gave them credit. Which means Dennis and George maybe should have done another rewrite before they turned in their script, is all I could think of. But but uh, I'd love to know the story behind this, but then I think I'd be okay without knowing the story behind <laughs> it. Chris, what, what did you think of this... this, this um, this uh this this epic opus of gold monkeyish i i just want to know which of the five guys came up with the puffy shirted fencing nazi because i feel that's the most remarkable <laughs> that was part. that was paul savage if you if you check his wikipedia page <laughs> that was his expertise we need we need more nazis savage get savage on the line cuz this this episode was an episode. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily, I would say, it's not necessarily a waste of time just because there's actually some good Jack stuff in it. And Jack is the dog, remember? And, and Jack is, like, the, the funniest one of the bunch a big part of the time. But because, you know, there, there are moments with the dog that are actually really funny. 
I do kind of like seeing Sarah do some spy stuff. That yes. was fun. Yes, yes. And um, we got to see Jake be jealous for a mm. change instead mm. of Sarah being jealous. So it had, like, its moments. Not a waste of time, but it's one of those episodes that if you just – you could just put it on in the background while you're doing something else and just catch those moments and you'd be fine as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. What do you think of it? That, that, That's actually one of, one of the notes I have down here is, Dan, you need to watch this one again because <laughs> I watched it twice and, and I remember moments here and there. I remember the Nazis. I remember the giant bomb. I remember the closing scene, which is pretty good when they're trying to haul the bomb off the island. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, but, but the rest of it is just sort of – it really does feel like two people wrote a script and then someone took a crack at it, handed it to someone else. They took a crack at it, handed it to the man in charge. He took a final crack at it, handed it in while he was writing another script. It really does have the feel like, okay, so there's a giant bomb, and there's the sword-fighting Nazi, and then there's this long sequence where we're in the clouds doing something or other, and then there's the these guys on this boat, and there's a shark attack, and it just, it just feels like... It, it feels like, unlike the last episode where I thought they held out a little too long on sort of the action, in this one they're trying to do something every few minutes, but it it, it, it sort of doesn't accumulate to much. It just sort of is. And you're, and you're right, I think. The best way to watch this episode is maybe to, um, I don't want to say look the other way, and then occasionally look at the screen and go, oh... <laughs> but um, uh, the, 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 I mean, it might be like say, say if you have a uh, if uh, maybe your favorite magazine showed up in the mail. Do people still get that? I I, I just have a magazine I get in the mail. But the, you got you got your new magazine, your new TV guide, and you're flipping through it, and the episode is playing. And once in a while, you look over and go, "Hey, that's cool." Oh, cool. That's that's kind of the best way to watch this one because I think if I were to watch it closer, I would just kind of come away from it like, eh. So if I I've kept it at a distance. And it seems rather exciting to me, but I fear that's only because I, I may have not paid as much attention to it as I should have, which is my downfall, not only as a man but as a podcaster. <laughs> so what else? What what else did you like? Like what? Like were there were there bits that um like straight up like you watched and went no, or or was it just like everything's fine but not better than fine? Uh... <laughs> there, there are bits that are fun um, because it's we start off with um, the this because again we have slaves. The, I, I have a lot of complaints about the way the show handles indigenous people, but that's for another yeah. time. That's for my blog post anyway. <laughs> um, but they, so we have uh, uh, slaves, island slaves again, and they a couple of them escape with obviously some radioactive material. Mm-hmm. The friggin' effects that they used to indicate oh, yeah. that this is radioactive what 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 were you doing 1982 yeah I just, uh, yeah what, what were you doing 1982 because like 1968 uh they want their psychedelic effects back they're <laughs> you know top of the pops 1968 they uh, they would like uh they would yeah. like that blue uh thingy that you're doing back please i i expected late 60s career monkeys to come in. That was a thought. That was a thought I had. It's like the monkeys are missing a special effect. <laughs> you know, somewhere, somewhere in their in, in their movie head, something just went missing, and we need to we need to put it back. Oh, they took it for gold monkey. 
It's it, it does have kind of like a psychedelic sort of like they're about to start fruging or something like that. Was that when was the frug? Was that the, that yeah, I don't know. That was um, was that around yeah, that, that was time? Like, I don't know. Fruging in discotheque. Yeah, that was in the sixties. Oh, that was sixties. Okay, okay. It's, yeah. it's it's almost like when you see them light up like that. Your first thought is, oh, a musical number or. <laughs> Oh, we're dancing now, but it's actually a radioactive thing. Yeah, which they all kind of die of. Yes. Well, at first, because they, because you know, they're Corky and and Jake are picking up Doctor Kimball there, and they're flying over, and they happen to spot this outrigger, so they land to try okay. to help these people, and there are sharks in the water that are like snagging people off this outrigger that are these, these dead yes, bodies yes i have okay this is me this is me with my petty complaints these are the hills i will die on <laughs> they were showing footage of i think from jaws and also from regular um like old nova specials with uh-huh. great white sharks they would not be great white sharks plucking those those people it's it's the pacific it would have probably most likely been tiger sharks given where they're at, or maybe Oceanic White Tips. It would not have been just great white sharks. They're not generic sharks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is my complaint. Yeah, yeah. But we did get a funny moment about that because Jake jumps in to save them. Right before he jumps in, he, the Kimball's like, you're not that crazy, are you? And Jack barks twice for yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then Jake jumps in. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm still not convinced by that twice for yes, once for no thing. But they're using it well in the series. You can, you can hear Jack doing that a lot, and yes. and you, you can spot what he's. He, he. It's funny because with, with that, like when he barks now, I pay more attention to it than I would like if my dog just ran in and started barking at me. I'd ask him to please leave as I'm recording a podcast. But when 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 Jack does his barking, you listen and you're like, oh, okay, like E.F. Hutton, the dog, I listen. Yeah. It, it's dialogue. It's actual it's, dialogue. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that's right too. I mean, this one has submarines. This one has giant uh, navy boats. This one, this one, like has, this one is like that. They looked at the last one and said that one needed a little bit more, and this one literally like everything. Is in it, including a gigantic bomb. It's, I mean, it. it maybe I'll watch it again later. I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I just feel like I just feel like they threw everything in. But then at the end of the day, they they didn't have someone sit down and give it like a final look r- r- read through. You know, yeah. it's it's like hand it to Donald. He'll take care of it. But Donald's writing three other scripts, and you know he's like, oh yeah, that's great. Ooh, let me add in um, a submarine. Okay, and let me throw in uh, this. Okay. Uh, oh, and a shark. No, who does the shark? I think the other guy, the other and guy, is a shark guy. You call him in when you need sharks. He's an expert on sharks. Great white. All right, good. Thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> I, 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 I just suddenly realized what my favorite scene is. It's this, it is the scene where Sarah is sending the Morse code because for some reason she has decided to send Morse code in like a slip or of some kind, a little. Yeah. And um, and I've never seen Morse code sent better than in that scene. I would watch her send Morse code all day. <laughs> I would. I would honestly, please. But that's just me. You know me. You know me and Caitlin O'Haney. So. Yes. Yes. Well, and it's a pivotal point too because she misses part of the message, which turns out to be really important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That our doctor's not a traitor. He's double agent. And yes, mm-hmm. 
everything. And so, and she's knocked him out with a Mickey Finn so strong that it's like, it takes like he's going to be out for hours. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And I I do have right here, I have Nazis and scientists and bombs. Oh my. (laughs) And that sums it up. Really? It's, it's, it's funny. I think it's a lot. It's there. There's a lot that goes on in the episode. And I think it's, 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 I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it starts off with Nazis, on an on a hidden island, using the natives to make a gigantic bomb. There's something radioactive going on. There's a double agent, or maybe there isn't. There's a giant navy boat nearby. There's a Nazi U-boat nearby. There are natives who have been killed through radio radioactivity who are being attacked by sharks. They light one of the natives on fire and push him out on a boat, giving him like a Viking funeral. There's there's it's 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 jake goes undercover he he pretends to throw up for about a half an hour <laughs> i mean this this has everything it's just i don't know i don't quite i don't quite know how to say it. i mean it's like you you can you can you know it's like if you read a story or you saw something that had just like everything you wanted in it but it didn't quite work and i don't know why that is is it the writing is it the direction is it i don't it's... know it's a kitchen sink episode. Everything mm. but the kitchen sink. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think, I think really, story-wise, the plot-wise, I find myself not really caring too much That's about kind of, yeah. this giant bomb. Like, don't yeah. really care. But I like the character moments in it. So I like that, you know, when the the one native guy is dying on the pool table and to help distract them, uh, Louis almost says that the drinks are on the house, but Gushy corrects him and says drinks are half price. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the little moments like that, or Corky praying because we saw Sarah praying in the previous episode while flying. Mm. This oh time yes, it was, yes, It's Corky, and he he doesn't pray like a pr- he just says, "Now I lay me down to sleep." He does that prayer, mm. and that's his prayer. Um, yeah. And then of course Jack, because what Sarah tells Sarah's trying to radio the the Navy ship and tells Corky, "I need you to do me a favor and forget everything that you heard." And he yes. goes, "Well, that shouldn't be hard." And Jack <laughs> yes. like sparks twice for yes. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's I like all of those little moments, and then and then Willie Willie's in on it too, and he has kind of a crisis of conscience mm-hmm. because he likes Jake as a person. He does. That's I I thought that was kind of kind of a uh, kind of I don't know if sweet is the right thing, but that's kind of a nice moment where it's like he's a you know he's a crazy Nazi, but he's he does he likes Jake and he's not too happy that Jake has. Put yeah. himself because almost like these are the you're you know like I'm a Nazi but those are the crazy Nazis you know yeah. even crazier Nazis you know what I mean well and it's almost like because the the one Nazi tells Willie that he could get a better position and he's like no I want to stay here now part of it's because he's a sex pest but the other part is <laughs> because um, I think he genuinely likes it there because he's not as involved in Nazi stuff yes you know it's almost like he's kind of getting a, a, an eye opening of that maybe that his patriotism isn't that great. Yes. But uh, but the sad part about that is is that he does have this. I mean, because it's a great moment that he's having this crisis that he likes Jake and considers him a friend, even though he's in opposition to what he's trying yes. to do Nazi wise, mm-hmm. and he knows what's happening. But it kind of gets lost in all of the kitchen sink of everything else. Yes. And that's a shame. Mm-hmm. I I wonder if this would, this would have been something if if like because uh, I I watched some of these episodes but not all of them when they originally aired and I was 
I for, is this 82, 83, or 83, 83? I forget. This was 82. This was 82, so I was um, nine. And this would, this would have been an episode that I would have loved. It's just crazy. It's just craziness. It's all. It's it's this and that. Nazis and you know s- these strange futuristics. It's it's like like Repo Man. You know, whenever they open the trunk, you know, it's like this little strange silver thing which looks out of time. And when they open it up, it releases radio. It's it's sort of Kiss Me Deadly kind of thing. And you're and it's it's just mix that with a giant bomb and this cool island and all this other stuff and and the submarines that it's got. It's got it's got everything a nine year old wants. And I think, although I think maybe even as a nine-year-old, I would have come away going, "That was pretty good." <laughs> Rather than that was the best. I think <laughs> I re- I really do honestly feel like if I would love to know the two original guys who wrote the script, what portion of this is theirs, and I would have loved to. I would love it if if maybe someone had just said to them, "Give me another draft. Give me one more draft." Let's do that. Rather than handing it to three different people and having them add. Because it does feel, feel... I mean, when it's like... I, when it cuts to the sword-fighting Nazi after you, like you haven't seen him for five or six minutes, you're like, oh, that guy. <laughs> I okay. never forgot the puffy shirt Nazi. <laughs> there's, there's, it's, it really is, is like... It's almost like... I was going to say like if Robert Altman made an episode of Tales of the Gold Monkey, but that's not quite right. It has that sort of like thing where there's just so much in it. But it doesn't take off, and that's I guess that's a plane reference there. Uh, it doesn't quite take off like it should. But I didn't, I, I didn't come away from it disliking it. I just came away from it thinking I either need to watch this better or not, because the, it might be as in my mind right now. It's a conglomeration of wacky stuff that's fun but not fantastic. And so, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do a follow up a year after we finish uh, <laughs> to Black Pearl and see what we think. Well, yeah, we'll think about it. But yeah. you have to admit the ending's pretty great because yeah. they they dragged this bomb out. They used the goose to drag the yeah. bomb out yeah. of this volcano cave and cut it loose because apparently this lagoon is over the Mariana Trench. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That thing was falling and falling. And I'm like, oh. how deep is this? They didn't yes. pull it out that far. This is just a lagoon. What the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's, it's, um, yeah. It, it is, it is one of those moments where you, um, it is, it is very much like a, like a 30s, 40s a serial, uh, um, kind of, kind of cliffhangers, uh, kind of thing where you, I guess that's why I would have loved it as a kid because it's like, part of me knows that this isn't quite right. But another part of me has been told that if they bring the bomb to this place and drop it into the ocean, we're going to be okay. So if that if that's the rule the show has set, and they can do that, then I'm okay with it. Even though part of me might be saying no, <laughs> no. I, I like to. I sometimes I get very simple when I watch these shows, everybody. And sometimes sometimes you have to, and you're like, you know, if they say, well, we need to, if you know, it's it's like we need to pick this up from point A and put it on point B, and you think, well, what would that do? But if they if they're convinced, then I'm convinced. So get it to point B. There you go. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm naive, I guess. There, there's a lot of stuff I'm willing to forgive, but mm. inaccuracy in in your sharks yes. and yes. just I, I won't even say that the the lagoon thing really like 
upset me or just I took me out of it or anything. I was just like, really, where is this lagoon? Yeah. Because I, I, when you think of a lagoon, you think of the lagoon on Gilligan's Island where it wasn't that deep. Yes. You know, it mm-hmm. had a gradient to it. And this is just like, and 5,000 foot drop off into the, <laughs> the nathers. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The. Um, I just found I- that a little hard to believe. Okay, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I I did. I mean, there there's something. It's it's like when you when you watch an episode like this, you think, okay, they're they're having fun with this, which I like. Um, and sometimes you think, um, maybe they could refine it a little. <laughs> and, <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's more like um, it's well, I you know, it's just like the moment you see the giant bomb, you're like, okay, whatever's going to happen next. I don't think it's going to be boring, and it wasn't. It just wasn't. It just wasn't great. No, it wasn't great. Yeah, it uh, wasn't boring. Just not no, great. No. Um, so what else do you have on this one? I'm going to do my uh, give my notes again. I think I, I wrote Kimball. I think I was thinking of Hank from Green Acres, and I, I was in the mood. Well, I for just Green Acres. Um, I, I have a note here that says, "Oh, Corky." I have no idea what he did, but oh, Corky. Okay. Um, also, I did like though at the very end. Willie was very happy to see Jake was back. Yes. And that yeah. to tie that in nice. with that crisis, that's very sweet that he was really, really excited to see that he was back. Mm-hmm. So I liked that. And I, I have written here, don't let the, and then dot, dot, dot. Don't let the sun catch you crying. What what was that? Why did, why did I write that? Don't let the, gosh, we're going to have to revisit okay. this one. Yeah, now I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't let the dot dot dot. I must have wrote it thinking I'll know exactly what that means. Why would I write the whole sentence? What was I doing? What was I doing? Was I falling from something? What? Why did I not? Don't let the dot dot dot. I don't know. Gosh. Well, folks, if you know what I'm talking about, feel free to write to me at uh, eventuallysupertrain.blogspot.com. <laughs> tell me what the heck I was writing. But I, th- I think I think we pretty much covered this episode. It is a uh, well. You 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 give your your final thought on it. And... It it's it's a whole it's a whole lot of okayness. That's that's what it is. It's exactly. a whole lot of okayness. Exactly. It's a it's a lot of people doing stuff, and in the end. 48 minutes have passed. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. again, I, th- I think if I go, I go back to it, I'll either really love it or I'll go, okay, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, later, later, everybody, later. Uh, Kristen, where can we, where can we find you online? Uh, you Did you like the way I said that? Where can we find you online? <laughs> <laughs> where are you? You're just adding some pizzazz. <laughs> Oh, you can find me at akakikiwrites.com. It is the home of my podcast, Bookum Dano, an old yes. voice label podcast. I'm also going to direct you to my blog, kikiwritesabout.com. Shameless promotion time. I've got a new Patreon project going oh, on, nice. and I want you all to give me money. So if you go to kikiwritesabout.com, you can find out everything you need to know about that and become a patron. Do sign up. It's fun. Yes, yes. And um, also, if you want to listen to me uh, go on and on and on about my shark issues, you can do that in real time <laughs> by following me on Twitter at Kiki Writes. Yay! And I would recommend the Patreon, folks. Check check it out. I'm a, I've been a, I've been a patron for several years now, I think. Yes. And and so and I'm I'm very happy 
to have been a patron. I will continue to be a patron. Um, and um, and I got nothing more to say about Black Pearl, so I think we should go on to what's ever next. Oh my gosh, everybody, you know what's next? This. Jack, episode 17, Legacy of Terror, written by Arthur Rowe, directed by Don McDougall, February 14th, And uh, This one, uh, basically, um, uh, people are being attacked and, um, and being mutilated, and we learn after a time that it's a group of modern-day Aztecs who are working on trying to resurrect um, uh, a mummy that they've been watching over for for a very long time. They need to, I think it's like they need to kill five like fantastic looking, fantastically healthy people. And then um and something like the first four can be anyone, but the fifth one has to be a victim willing to go, chosen, and that would be Mr. Eric Estrada in this episode. And Kolchak basically shows him these people are being murdered and he sees Eric Estrada at this hotel who's like one of the top executives but he really bad at his job and he's trying to investigate what's going on with Aztecs, why people are losing their hearts and such. And um, it all comes together in a stadium and craziness and fun. And mummies. Tim and I are on the other side of this. As Turner. Legacy of Terror, episode 17 of Kolchak. We're getting near the end, folks. Uh, this is a Estrada-heavy episode. It's an Aztec-heavy episode. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you what I think of it because I have someone here. Tim Steve Turner. Is that you? <laughs> I, I, I am going to continue to relish the the highly inaccurate Steve, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because it does sound like such a cool name. It's a, you know if if you if, if folks a long time ago I wrote a book on eighties action movies and one of the things I learned from eighties action movies is that a lot of eighties action stars uh, characters not the, the stars are named Steve. And That's so, true. You learn that Steve um, is is a good name. My, one of my all time favorites that I can't find on video, I can't find online. It was on Netflix for six months when I was writing the book. A film called Revolt hmm. stars uh, that lead 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 character there is named Steve, and um, Steve is a good name. And we're to TST. T isn't that a great? Isn't that an ACDC song? TST. <laughs> I always wished that, like, I had, a, like, somehow come up with, like, a, a, a middle name with N, because then it could have yeah, been TNT, and that would have sounded super cool. Yeah, Norbert. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson. Nelson, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so um, what the hell are we talking about? Legacy of Terror. What did you think of this? T-S-T, done dirt cheap. No, wait a minute, that's me. I'm making every ACDC song into one song. You could do that, I bet. I bet you could. Um, but Which is why we love them, right? So um, so let, what did you think of um, Kolchak? 
the thing we're talking about. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think it's like a great episode, but mm-hmm. I do think uh, it's fun because it's it's different than what we're used to. Mm-hmm. We're always used to getting a monster of some sort, mm-hmm. and there is one in the episode, but barely. And it's almost it's, not the it, point in in some respects. Yeah, I mean, the, the the there is a mummy. Spoilers, uh, you know. There's a mummy. This is the mummy, yeah. The mummy is an Aztec mummy that doesn't really come into play until literally the last three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it really is about is uh, Aztec warriors uh, sacrificing people and cutting yes. their hearts out. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you go into it and you don't know, it's really disconcerting. You start out with a soldier uh, who was a green beret, and all of a sudden there's these bizarre, giant, feathered, uh, mass creatures yes. attacking him. And then there's a fantastic silhouette of somebody like in profile playing a flute. Yes, that, which is a really a cool way to accent the scene because uh, it's mostly done like a shadow play kind of thing. Um, and I really, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was a kind of an interesting little change of pace for Carl yes. mm-hmm. uh, because um, again, he's just dealing with human beings at this yes, point. Exactly. Although I, I have to say the, the three women that are with yes. uh, Pepe are they really women or are they like something else? Yeah, or something like yeah, that. Because yeah, because if, if they, you almost get the impression that maybe there's something more there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we, they never really get into what happens to them. Because I think they say one of them is in marketing. Yes. So that's that's a good sign. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's or am I? I don't know. I think I think I'm sorry. I cut you off with a bad joke. May I can let you continue <laughs> with good stuff? Oh well, I I just think that um, it, it it's kind of neat to see Carl digging into a story, and it's not necessarily a monster this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, although, like I said, there is one tangentially, but it, it, it really it's this uh, bizarre uh, Aztec cult thing, and. Uh, you know, this is how we bring in the, the great Eric Estrada. I mean, just yes. I think Chips was about a year away. Yeah. At, yep. at this yep. point, he so wears he really a he wears known. a he wears a pink suit at one point that oh I want to own. The pink he looks so suit good is amazing. Oh, he looks <laughs> he comes so... strutting in with three gorgeous women on his arms with this pink leisure suit with a oh. hot. Hot purple shirt underneath. Yes, with the huge with collar, the like, like he's gonna that like the collars are gonna suddenly expand like like a hand glider or something like that if he leaps yeah, off yeah. Or <laughs> and they go up and he flies. Yeah. Unleashing the chest hair, it, it it's all out there, uh, and it, it's it's definitely a look. It's, um, it's it's yeah it's 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 weird because when you see him in that there's like there's like a, an air force like general who he thinks is the parking attendant and there's a woman yeah. who works for the hotel who has like a like dress she kind of dressed almost like a matador or something she has this weird hat on and it's yeah. like so so suddenly you're looking at all these people it's like what's going on what is this, <laughs> is this like is this, was there a convention or or something at this hotel what what is going on here 
yeah, it, it, it's it, <laughs> it's definitely an interesting introduction to his character. The yes. way he, he struts in with this entourage, and it's it's funny because we see Eric Estrada and we go, oh, okay, all right. If 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 he knowing the show, if he appears again, then he's important. If he's only in the one yeah. scene, then he was just a one scene kind of character. But but I don't think back then people would have gone they may have said who's who's the good looking guy in the pink shirt or the pink outfit there that's awesome um i don't think that they would have done the same thing they would have just gone like who, who's this guy you know he doesn't yeah. and, and they would have probably been saying what i said which was why is that one woman sort of dressed like a matador <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's like mm. and it's a uh, and I, I, I now did i cut you off did you have more Oh, no, go ahead. Well, we, obviously, we have more to say. But I'll just say, my thought on this is, I really enjoy this episode, uh, too. I like the fact that it does one of those things that I always I always get a kick out of, where it's like, um, uh, X-Files would do this, like uh, the episode Squeeze, the third episode with Tombs. Yeah. There, there's that thing where it's like, every 20 years, he crawls out of his nest, and he kills five people to take i don't know what he does with it takes their kidneys or he takes something from them yeah that he lives off of and one of my favorite um 80s shot of video films 555 does a similar thing where once every five years over the course of five days five couples in a city in america are brutally murdered and um and 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 the movie's about trying to stop it but it, i always like stuff like this because it's like by time they figure out what's going on like almost everyone's dead who's supposed to be dead. you know it, it's just like oh wait a minute like 555 i think before they figure out what's going on like three of the couples are already dead you know right. and you only have to you know and like in squeeze i think like uh, they're almost all dead already and in this one it's like yeah, obviously, by the time you get to the ending, everyone who has to be killed before Pepe is killed, they're all dead. And it's, it's this weird thing where it's like, these, these are always like, it's interesting to hear at, at the end to hear like, oh, okay, they kill five people over five nights. And the first four are unwilling, but the fifth one is a willing participant. Oh, my gosh, it's Pepe. But then you think, what about those first four unlucky bastards? You know, it's 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 you, you, it's it's funny because there's no way you could tell the story without having at least like say two killings. Yeah. Because the first one doesn't establish anything, the second one starts to establish it, but you need like a third one to go. Oh my gosh, something's going on. But by that time, you're almost at the end. So it's almost like yeah. if 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 they were a little bit slower, and like the fourth one was like something's going on, then the fifth one happened, and then it didn't happen again. I, I I I did like the fact that uh, I know uh, skipping ahead a little bit here, but mm -hmm. I I did like the fact that at the end, like Estrada's like screw this. Yes, <laughs> yes, but that's it's it's interesting because at the end of the story, it's not it's not about this demon that has to be this 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 mummy, this demon that has to be fed every fifty two years and is going to return in what like twenty twenty seven, right? Twenty seven, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, it actually becomes about trying to convince a man who thought he was worth nothing that he actually should live rather than give up everything. It doesn't it it doesn't push it 
you know, it doesn't have a moment where Carl leans in and puts his hand on Pepe's shoulder and says, you know, like, hey, man. You're worth something. Da da da. You light up my life. You know something yeah. like that. It's just he's like, you know what, man? Don't you know? Don't don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's just like you know, like you know, there's, there's got to be something I, more. I love know. their scene. I love their scene because it's like, hey, man, for the past year of my life, I've gotten everything I wanted: money, women, anything I wanted. Anything I wanted. You ever had a year like that? And Carl looks at him and kind of smiles and says, no, no, I've never had that year. And yeah. he says, I had the year that everyone wants. So so I am willing to do this for them. And plus they're going to you know, give my mom money. And it's right. funny because Carl says, how do you know they're going to live up to the bargain? I think they will. The Aztecs were not, you know, they performed sacrifices, but they were not, as far as we know, awful people. They just, they just happened. They just, that was part of their, their thing was they did that. You know, they, they were actually an intelligent, cultured, um, a group of people who just happened, uh, sadly to, uh, do, I mean, I mean, think about it. It's like, you know, the, the, the British, they're a cultured, intelligent people who killed all sorts of witches and things, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we all, you know, look at, look at us, <laughs> look at us. We're kind of schmucks, you know? So, so it's like, so, so it's like, I, I, I think Carl saying that to him, I'm glad, I'm glad that might've been what convinced him. Cause I think he cared more about his mom than himself sort of at that moment. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably what convinced him, but I also don't think that the Aztecs would have reneged on that. I think they would have done. Uh, what, because there is actually a a um, a thing in the Aztec. Um, uh, 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 there was a thing in the Aztec culture. Now I I have a name for it that I've read. I don't know if it's the correct name, but it was more or less called the perfect victim. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, I don't know if they had a year, but it was like a warrior was chosen to be sacrificed at a specific time to bring the rain to do whatever you know they were in mexico they didn't have a lot of rain so and and the the, this perfect victim would be given everything he wanted in like the last month six months year of his life and then he would go willingly to be sacrificed um and so and so when they they say in this episode i was like okay that's actually that's actually as far as i know unless i've read junk about the Aztecs, um, that as far as I know, that's historically correct. That like they generally didn't like the victims were not people that they like. Like there wasn't a lottery or something. It was like people went willingly to um, help th- what was their world. And um, I don't know if I'd do that. Um, I'd chicken out maybe like Eric Estrada did. I'm not as hunky as Eric Estrada, but I have my moments. <laughs> and and so so I, I I really I mean that 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 that's that scene is so great. You know, where like like Pepe says like, hey, you know what? You tell tell me what to do, man. You you know you're smarter than me. You know you tell me you know I I've had the best. I, I just it's 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 really it's really nicely done. That's sort of sort of the core of the episode is. Um, whether or not this this man who believes he's not worth anything um, will be sacrificed or not, and in the end it turns out that he's doing exactly what he said he would. You know, he's bagging at a grocery store or yeah. something like that. But you know what? He's not dead, and he's Eric Estrada, 
and I know full yeah. well that in about a year he's going to get a hit TV show. So boom, I'll sign up with the CHP. Boom. Know, <laughs> exactly. I was never I was never a big Chips fan, but um, I understand the appeal. <laughs> so 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 it's 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 an interesting episode, but yeah, because there's a lot of I think there's a lot of wonderful stuff in it. That that dead storage room that Carl goes into with the mummy is yes. great, and even the even the moment when the mummy and the stadium rises up. Yes, and, and approach. It's like, whoa, hey, that's pretty good. And and what, like at the end when Carl's watch is wrong, and the mummy attacks him one last time. Yeah, it's like that's nice. That's that's really nice. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, you know, I have two questions for you. Okay, Eric okay. Estrada, hunky, sure, yes, yeah, of course, <laughs> hunky, yes or no, um, <laughs> hot or not. Um, <laughs> so at the end, what happens to all of those people? The you know uh, the sacrifices oh, and the, the 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 three women they just kind of went away yeah i i i think i i yeah that that was tricky that, that was tricky yeah. um cuz they um i i mean in my mind what happened is the moment it went past the time where they had to kill the people they just they just disperse and like they will keep in touch and their their children or maybe them if they're young enough will will reconfigure in fifty two years. Hmm, okay. To try to do it. that that was my thought. Yeah. I don't know because it is it is interesting because the moment Eric Estrada takes off running, everyone goes after him because he has to die by a certain time. Right. And so Carl's just standing like, oh, I'm getting out of here. But yeah, then the mummy he attacks. Fell down the damn stairs. He falls down the stairs. Twice. Oh God. Oh, Carl. Um, I, I want to say that's the same stunt person who fell down the stairs in the previous episode, but he dresses a woman in the previous Possibly. one. Possibly. Yeah, and but but yeah, that that was sort of my thought was that the moment it goes past the time, then the followers who are probably like upstanding citizens in the community or something like that, um, just sort of fade back into what they were doing. Like maybe they're under like a mind control or something, or possibly, possibly, or or possibly. Um, um, they're they're just um very, uh, very ensconced. I mean, it may, maybe generation after generation has been doing this. Hmm. Okay. So it's like every every fifty two years. That doesn't mean everyone in families has to do it. That just means certain certain times. Every fifty two years, we are called forth to do this, and you you do it. And it could it could be maybe it's something. Maybe it's a mummy mind control. Thing. You remember, you remember, uh, yummy, uh, yummy mummy, fruity yummy mummy from. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, from from the monster cereals. He could control my mind anytime. I loved his orange delicious flavors, <laughs> um, and he was in a pyramid. You remember, like an Aztec, like a kind of. Uh, he was doing like a like a more of like um uh, uh South American kind of vibe than an Egyptian yeah. vibe. So so it could have been maybe fruity yummy mummy is the. Um, <laughs> I would love to. I'd love to get that cereal back, but um. I, but, I thought the mummy guy. I thought he kind of lo- uh, looked very much. He reminded me of the the makeup from uh, uh, Death Curse of Tartu. Yes, yeah, a bit of a bit of Tartu. Yep, I would say. And, yeah. and I, I loved the gold mask that they had over him. Oh, that's so such a especially when he rises up. Yeah, like and he has the huge mask on him. You're like, it's whoa, super creepy okay. looking. Yeah, yeah, that's like wow. Okay, yeah, that's no they. I, I, yeah, now, now you got me. What I hadn't really thought about it. To me, it was just like they chased Eric Estrada. They couldn't catch him because a hunk, he's a hunk. 
and you know the rules. Only a hunk can capture another hunk. And there was there were no hunks there as far as I could see. It was so, funny. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, so, okay, so like my other question for you. Yes. The high yes, priest. Yes. The high yes. priest who Love was going, going to kill Eric Estrada. Yes. Was that the professor that Kolshak consulted earlier at that party? Oh. Because I really I kept looking because he's got like a you know like a ceremonial makeup on and stuff. Yes, yes. And I was like, is that the same guy? Like oh my maybe gosh. The, which would be which would I think would be a first for Carl that the person he sought information from is the was one. the was the one of the bad guys. Because mm-hmm. I really thought it's, uh, the actor Victor Campos. I I thought it was the I thought it was him. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that. I just thought they were a random group of people, like, like I said, generations um, have been doing this kind of thing. But I like that idea, though. Oh gosh, now I need to go back and look, and I can't put that in this episode because we're talking about it right now. It's a heartbreaker. <laughs> but I will, I, I like that idea, though. That and and maybe like, um one of the reasons why they didn't just kill Carl immediately is because he was like, Oh, wait a minute. I told that guy everything. Don't, don't kill him. We need to find out if he's, he's, he knows something else or something else is going on. That might make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I I was looking, I was scanning the IMDB and even the uncredited people and I don't see anything about a high priest. So it makes me wonder if that's the same, if it's that same character. Oh yeah, it makes him wonder. Yeah, it makes, it's making me wonder too. That's it's it's fun. I it's yeah. It's now I'm thinking about it and I'm not sure. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say two words, which will take us to another topic. <laughs> but because I'm still thinking about it, I'm just gonna say two words, and I'm gonna say them in the wrong order. Hog, boss. Yes. What do you think? And any time I, I get to see Sorrel book Yay! is a great time, uh, especially this... for some reason in the 70s. They always like to, to funkify him mm-hmm. with, like, gigantic glasses. Yes. Or, or, or humongous, uh, you know, like, floral collared shirts mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And he's always indignant. Yes, and this is a year or so, I think, after Devil Times 5, yeah. which he was wonderful in. It's one of my favorite uh, 70s horror films. Um, and he's it's, so, it's, it's funny because whenever, I mean, when I was a kid, he was Boss Hog all the way. Of course. I mean, just, I mean, I, I was, like, Dukes of Hazzard was one of the few shows, like, on occasion, like, I lived on the East Coast when I was growing up, so that meant that, all your seven and eight o'clock shows and stuff would be preempted by presidential speeches and things. Oh yeah. And so that like, if you live on the West coast, you don't have that problem because they all happen to like five or six and your eight o'clock, nine o'clock shows, they don't get preempted, but at least like once a month you would sit down to watch a show and it would be Ronald Reagan's going to talk to you for an hour to be like, Oh fuck. <laughs> Come on. You know, and it would be, and it would be like, and I want to watch, I want to watch the Dukes. I, I want to watch Benny Hill. I want, I just want to watch something fun. And I remember, like, Dukes was one of the few shows that, like, if that happened, I remember this happening on at least two occasions, where where something preempted it, 
but then it began a little later, and my mom actually coming up to my room and saying, Danny, Dukes of Hazard is on. Would you like to watch it? <laughs> and I said, Ma, it's 9.15. I'm a kid. I'm eight. I'm supposed to be sleeping. Come on. Let's watch the good old Duke boys. I said, okay, Ma. And Get I go on down. Get your shoes on. We're at Grandma's. Get your shoes out. <laughs> Get your shoes out, boys. We're at Grandma's. Uh, and, and, um... <laughs> And so to me, he and the funny thing is, like I, I, when I watch Dukes of Hazard now, I have trouble with it because I think it's really dumb. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, like you Gilligan's. <laughs> yeah, like Gilligan's Island. I have a tough time watching these shows because what I loved as a kid is really. I mean, here's the thing: like I watch BJ and the Bear too, and I would say fifty percent of the time, BJ and the Bear is actually a decent show. The other fifty percent. You're on your own, but but Dukes of Hazard. Every time I watch it, like like I like like not last year, the year before, I watched the Christmas episode, like two or three days before Christmas, and I sat there shaking my head, going, "This is the stupidest thing I have seen. <laughs> this is so dumb." I mean, the only thing that's keeping me watching is Daisy, and oh, sure. and 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 I always liked Enos too. I was a big fan of Enos when he had his own spinoff. Um, but, uh, um, but, uh, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's so great to see Sorrel in this. Um, and when he shows up, he, he, again, he's, it's just one of those one scene bits and it's just a nice scene and he's fun in it. It's a, he's a taxidermist and, and he, he has like a leopard skin curtain, a huge curtain behind him, which I thought, <laughs> Oh, I get it. Leopards. I get it. Okay. But he's fun. He's, it's fun. I, I, I gotta say. Even as a kid, I remember thinking with Gilligan's Island, it. why haven't they murdered Gilligan by this yeah. point? Because how many times were they almost rescued and this bumbling idiot ruins it every yeah. time? Yeah. And then, just, oh, Gilligan, you know, uh... it's like, oh, I guess I'm going to, you know, rot and die on this friggin' island because you. <laughs> moron <laughs> it's well i and, and and the the great thing is when you when you explore further into the gilligan verse oh god and of course there's the three tv movies yes but there was also gilligan's planet yes i used to watch it as a kid yes yeah that was um it was it was funny gilligan's island when i was a kid was always a show that was on like right when i got home from school same here yeah so so um if I had my homework done, I would watch until until like seventh or eighth grade when I started watching Green Acres and such. And I think I upped my um, ante on the <laughs> sitcom quality. Um, but but it was like, oh, Gilligan's Island is on. That, that was, you know, you knew they'd never leave the island. But boy, after about forty episodes and twenty hours, you start <laughs> to think, wow, Gilligan, wow. And and yeah, that's um. Why were we talking about Gilligan's Island? It, because <laughs> this is the this is a this is a backdoor pilot for our Gilligan cast. Yes. Which will be... <laughs> I, I propose Gilligan's Island via Lord of the Flies. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. One of my favorite books of the past year was a book called Harry and Wally's Favorite TV Shows, which I think I may have mentioned. Um, and they hate Gilligan's Island. I, I don't remember if they give it zero out of four stars, but they're like, this show is so stupid, and it's so painful to watch. Please, people, stop watching it. We don't want to see it come up in syndication over and over again. 
Well, it's no, it's about time. It's no, no, and it's no Dusty's <laughs> Trail or whatever the um the show they did in the mid seventies, which is basically the same thing but in like a wagon train. The old West, yeah. Yes. Um. So what else? What else about this one? I'm um. <clears throat> Uh, I oh oh I I know I know now uh uh my my uh, my pal and America's sweetheart Amanda Reyes does yes. the commentary on the Blu-ray. I did not listen to it because whenever I hear her say things, I always on commentaries if on TV things like this where I have to talk about it later. It hasn't happened often, but it has happened. Um, I end up going saying things and being like, oh, that was Amanda who said that. So I didn't listen. <laughs> but I, I just want to say, I don't know, did you listen to the commentary? I did, actually. It, it, it was, as always, she's always delightful and, and yes. she's informative and funny and uh, I I think she did a great job. It's really a shame that they didn't let her do more episodes. Actually, I would have I would have actually loved if she if, she, if I would have loved if she had done more. I would have super loved if she had said, "Hey Dan, come join me to do that." <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being a jerk. Um, I didn't listen, but but um, I just want to ask: Do you remember if she says the location of the hotel they shoot in? Oh man. Uh... Because I, watched, I think I know what it is. I, I, I watched it uh, like late at night, so I don't know <laughs> if I – I think I'd taken my medication, and I don't think I remember. <laughs> so, well, let, let me just say, I think I know where this is shot. This is shot at the hotel. I think it's a Marriott mm. that right near the L LAX, right near the LAX, right oh, near okay. LAX. And it is the hotel where, since 2006, they've had the Gallifrey Convention, which is the big Doctor Who convention. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. And I, I have gone to that convention the past 15 years about seven or eight times. I nice. didn't go this year because I wasn't quite ready to be in rooms with lots of people. Sure. But I went in 2020, one month before the lockdown and everything began. Um, that was fun. But um, and, but it's funny because like the the lobby area, some of the carpet, the when you see Carl pull up to the hotel at the beginning, yeah. you see there's like a big sort of circular space. Yeah. And, and the way you enter that Marriott is you don't you don't pull into the parking lot and drive up. You actually go up a level on like a circular. Uh, parking structure kind of thing and you kind of go up on the right and you circle around and you stop you drop off and then you circle around the left and park mm -hmm. and that's what the entrance of this is also oh. I recognize the I recognize the um, the hallway with the elevators um, but the, the main thing is about 12 or 13 minutes in there's an exterior shot I think it's when Carl is going to investigate the downstairs room, the the dead storage. Yeah. There's a there's a shot where you see the <laughs> the exterior of the hotel, and you see sort of the ramp going up around the front. You see the huge hotel like going up six or seven stories. But in the foreground of the shot, and I wish I could, I maybe maybe I can find the exact minute this is here. But in the foreground of the shot, you can see. A like it's it's tough to describe. It's like a uh, like a rectangular wall, but it's only about like uh, like chest high or so, mm. and it's mm -hmm. actually surrounding a staircase that's right on the sidewalk that goes. The staircase goes down to a door, and there's it's just a staircase with a door. 
and it's surrounded by this circular space. And every time I leave that hotel to go down the street to get lunch or dinner, I pass by that space and I look down into there and I go, I want to go in that door. <laughs> I want to find out what that door is. And if you see the moment, actually, the, nobody move for a second because I think, I think it's right. There it is. I think it's right here. Don't move. Don't go anywhere, Tim. Don't go anywhere. Here it is. So it's right after the killing in the park where he's where um uh he says he saw some big like bird Chicken. kind of guys. And yeah. here we go, here we go, here we go. It's right here. Twelve forty. Twelve forty. You see the hotel in the background, you see the ramp entrance, and in the foreground there's a weird rectangular space, almost like something you could put a coffin in. And mm. it, it is actually a space that is right. Uh, uh, it's. I think it's actually slightly raised up from the sidewalk, if I remember correctly. So the camera would be on the sidewalk, looking up. And so whenever you, whenever you leave the hotel or go back in, you pass this space and you look down, and there's a staircase and a, and a door. Mm. Yeah. And I, at the moment I looked at the hotel and I thought, ooh, that looks like the um, the hotel where they do. It. And then I saw this thing in the foreground. I was like, wait a minute. I've looked at that like a hundred times over the past 15 years. And every time I look at it, I go, I want to go down there, but I don't. Or maybe it's a lift or a, or a, I forget exactly what it is, but there's, there's something there where it's like, what the hell is that? And that's that. So I think it's that hotel. I can't say for certain, but oh, I think it's okay. the hotel. If I, I, I hope to go to the convention next year, 2023. And if I go, I will take some pictures. I will take a picture from that spot. Yes. And say, look at me. I'm at the Doctor Who convention taking pictures from a, a Kolchak <laughs> episode. Because that the, the moment I saw, like, I think the carpet See, was I even should, the same. Uh, until like five, two or three years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I should go down to do that thing. And uh, I, I've, got a, I've got a sixth Doctor costume. And, and, and I should go down wearing that. And let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do. I got my leotard. We'll do Perry. I'll be Perry. Oh wow! You, it'll be fantastic. Or I could be, be Mel. Almost, almost as sexy. Almost as I. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not unattractive to some people. <laughs> <laughs> to some people, about four people. But you know, they're they're spaced out across the world. So I, I meet them on occasion. And they thank me for being sexy. <laughs> they thank you. They, yeah. So 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 um so we're in the hotel, and I think I recognize a. There's a great scene where Carla's dresses a uh 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 bellboy trying yeah. to get, but 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 um, uh uh Vincenzo and um Updike are there, and uh, they they see him and. Shut up, Tony. Shut up. And it's it's uh, it's 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 interesting too because you can tell the scenes where they're in the hotel and when they're on the studio because in the studio everything's green. Yes. Everything is some shade of green. Whereas when they're in the the actual um, uh, hotel, we get more than that color. Yeah, which is nice. So it's uh, it's I I, I kind of like that 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 we're in the hotel and um, uh, we go in and out of that space and um, and I I like to the fact that I'm convinced that I've been to that hotel many times. <laughs> well, the thing that's really kind of great about that scene is 
it's one of the rare times we really get to see Tony and uh, Updike out, out of the office. Oh yes, and that that's a that's a fun scene to see too, where they're like they're trying to promote something, and Carl they trusted Carl to do something, but Which I love like, mistake. Yeah, I mean Carl gets <laughs> out of his car, and says sorry, I'm late, and he's like four steps away from his car and he hears the police radio there's been a murder and carl's just spins around and like leaps back in his car like he's one of the duke boys and he takes off <laughs> there's a great carl uh, 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 uh vincenzo's got a great line too when he's like when uh, carl is dressed as the waiter and he runs away and the cop starts right after him he's like does he work for you and he's like oh i don't know uh, i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the the thing is, is is this, like this would be we we, we talked about I, 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 we talked about last time that there would have to be a moment where Vincenzo and everyone else encountered the monsters and things too, and this is sort of almost as close as we get to it, because clearly, Updike and Vincenzo they're there for one reason, and Carl is doing something else, and they right. never really sort of say like, Carl, why why were you doing that? You know, they just think he's nuts. They just think he's nuts. Yeah, they you know, just think like, this is typical Carl. Yeah, but it, but it's like surely <laughs> you're doing something. And and so and and I, I'd love it if the, if there was a moment like in early in the second season where maybe a scene like that happened and Vincenzo just like grabbed him, pulled him aside, and said, "Carl, what are you doing?" Well, I'm doing no, no, no. Sincerely, what are you doing? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're clearly doing something. What is it? And and that would expand the show. Uh, so what what else do you have on this? We went on a couple tangents, but well, it's, it, I, it, to me it's it's a it's a I, I think it's it's a it's it's not it's not the best. But if this is an average episode of Kolchak, then they're running pretty high. I think. Yeah, right I, yeah, exactly. Um, well, there's two things. One that's absolutely hilarious that we we forgot to mention, and that was there's a scene. Uh, where there was like the one um, uh, a, a military guy I think or, or was it the football player I'm trying to remember uh, who gets killed on the stair in the stairwell mm-hmm. and oh yes <clears throat> so you've got these two guys uh, like they're obviously detectives with the police force and they're yeah well I think you know the uh, the body was laying by blah 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 and slowly from the top of the <laughs> screen you see is the Carl's tape recorder slowly lower comedy <laughs> into the screen <laughs> as they're talking and they don't see it the whole time and you can just see it kind of slowly turning <laughs> yes, you know yeah, and yeah. that made me laugh so hard that was good <laughs> that was that good. was hysterical uh great comedy moment um yeah. and the other thing is what a lot of people i've seen this discussed and i and i i'm kind of up in the air on it myself but is it a blooper or or was it intentional? And it's at the very end. Mm-hmm. They show they cut to a shot of the mummy in its sarcophagus, <clears throat> and they fade out. And literally, like the last second, as he... it's fading out, the eyes open. Yes, I saw. I thought that I saw that too. Is that a blooper or was that intentional to like freak you out? I thought. <sighs> I don't know. I don't because I I just noticed that for the first time today when I watched it. I'd never seen that before. Yeah, yeah. It's and I was like, wait a minute, did he? Did he on the Blu-ray. Yeah, did his eyes just? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'd love to say that it was intentional. It was probably a blooper where he, they only had, because when you do those fade outs, they're like, um, uh, they're they those are optical things that cost extra money. Yeah. And, and, and so it may have just been that maybe the only shot did one take, or maybe the other takes were more obvious. So they were like, okay, we'll do this one. And maybe they asked the optical printer to make sure you didn't see it. But the optical printer was off by, I mean, I don't even know if it's a second. Yeah, oh, you yeah, know, it's, it's like a split second. It's enough to where you go, wait, did his eyes just open? Yes, exactly. So so I, I would think that with the television circa 1975, I don't think people would have probably noticed that. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so I, I, I think it's probably a mistake that they thought they didn't think jackasses like us would be watching it in high definition. Sure. You know, like however many years later. But since it is there and it is visible, I think it means that in 2027 we need a follow up because I think that darn mummy is still alive. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, well, then there's no reason why that it wouldn't happen, because, like, another, yes. whatever, 52 years, they're going to do another sacrifice or whatever. Mm. They don't destroy the mummy, at least as far as we yes, know. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, the mummy seems to be still alive, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, that's weird, because I saw that, too, and I I, I thought that, and I was, I, was, I was debating with myself, yeah, and I stuck with... It was a mistake that we weren't meant to see, and we wouldn't have seen if if we were watching it then. I think. I yeah, don't... it's hard to notice like on those crappy old VHS. Yeah, dudes yeah, yeah. And I, I would think I would think like and television screens in '75 that that our 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 lines and quality wasn't great. So I don't think. I mean, unless you, unless you had someone who was like really leaning in. You know, it's like, okay, Johnny, get away from the TV. He just blinked. Oh my <laughs> God! No, he didn't, Johnny. Go sit down. I don't. I think. I think it's it's a. I don't think it's a blooper. I think it's um, it's something that we wouldn't have seen that we now see that I would like to make into the continuity. Yeah. So we'll work with it. So yeah, why not? Uh, so so what else? Do you have anything else on this one? Because I think I am. Um, I think I'm done. I think I'm good. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. So <laughs> overall, overall, I think not 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 one of the best episodes, but I think I think um, yeah, like I said, if if this is an average episode, then we're going pretty good because this is this is very entertaining. Well, I think it really showed that they could do more with the show than just yes. monsters. Yeah, I agree. You know, you could and, you could have other strange phenomena that Carl could encounter, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, I like the stretching it back to the Aztecs and we had the Mesopotamians in, in the last one. Although that was a succubus, that was a little more um sexy. No, that that was a little little more um because <laughs> um, uh, um, the the Aztecs did do the sacrifices for all these sorts of things, whereas the the succubus is more of a a demon, a monster, a thing we can't quite, you know, you know, we can't quite put down on paper, as as we can. Yes, the Aztecs did sacrifices to gods and things like that. So it's it's a nice sort of um, they're shaking it up, they're they're moving it around. I don't I don't know at what point where they realize that like the show isn't going to go on any longer, but everyone's still treating it like 
it's kicking ass, and that's I appreciate that. Oh yeah, you never get a feeling like uh, episode seventeen that hmm. uh, um, McGavin is you know coasting. Yes, yes, I mean that that's one of the the, the, the sort of glories of the show, I guess. In, in the end, is he's always he's always Carl. He's always kicking ass. Uh, so let let me let, let's uh, so we're, we're, let's let's wrap this up. Where can we find you online? What's going on? How are you? How are uh, you? Well, you can find uh, my co-host Kelly Hogaboom and hey. I on uh, Beauty the Beast and the Bees, and a genre film podcast. And uh, you know we're on uh, iTunes and uh, SoundCloud and all those good places. And um, I believe uh, after this current episode where we talk about uh, the Batman scream and attack of the crab monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kelly has some stuff in store for me as revenge for me picking all three films. Oh my. So <laughs> I have a feeling <laughs> I'm in for <laughs> something. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's going to be fun uh, regardless. We like to torture each other with picks that you know, the other person's <laughs> not going to like. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much. And next time, next time we are on. Oh, it's nighttime. That's all I'm going to say. That's a little, little. <laughs> and next up here, we have this. And that, my friends, was that. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next time with some more uh, of everything. Although we are getting near the end of Kolchak, sadly. Sigh. Uh, where can you find us online? Uh, I'm glad you asked. At eSuperTrain1 on Twitter. Eventually SuperTrain on Facebook. You can email me at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, Slacks, S-L-A-C-K-S, at Yahoo.com. Eventually SuperTrain.blogspot.com. And, yeah, you can get Get a hold of us somewhere there. I think yeah, you should be okay in, in any of those places if you need to. But I, I do hope you're enjoying the show. And like I said, we will be back next time. And I think uh, I think let's just dive right in. Let's hear a uh, little more fun music. And we'll be back in a few weeks. Talk to you then. <laughs> <laughs>